Viewer discretion is advised. If you're not struggling throughout the process, you're never going to know what it's really like once you get to that point. Mandate. Welcome to Mandate, where we navigate fresh perspectives and nothing is off the table. Our guest today hails all the way from out west. He is a Liston College alumni. He is mentoring and coaching the next generation of superstar athletes in New Zealand. He's the director of Iron Up Sports. Please welcome Valentino Tino Stewart. Thank you, thank you. Hey, Uso, good to see you back. Um, it's been, it's been a while also, um, but I'm just kind of curious to know what's what's um, been going on with um, Iron Up um, to date, Uso. Yeah, nah, so uh, lockdown was uh, very interesting for us. Um, everything went online for the kids and everything like that, so it was, uh, it was uh, something new to navigate, but I'm um, happy that uh, we're back out of the lockdown and able to uh, go face-to-face with all the kids. So, um, yeah, so we just had our pre-season program that just finished up in April, and um just in time for the kids to get into their winter sporting season. And uh, at the moment, we're in our maintenance phase. So it's good to see uh, all the kids back into the program. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Hey, also, just, just for those who probably don't know what uh, Iron Up is all about, if you can give us a bit of a, a lowdown on, on what Iron Up is and what, what, what does it stand for? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Iron Up Sports, it's a athletic development program for youth. So the main things that we focus on is uh, we like to call it our four pillars. So uh, first things first is our mindset. So teaching kids how to set goals. Uh, what is a goal? Um, how do we go about uh, setting mini goals in order to achieve that that main thing that they want out of life and in sports as well? Uh, we go into our movements. So that's our sprint mechanics, change of direction, strength and conditioning. And um, from there, we also teach about uh, one of the big things I think that a lot of kids um, undervalue, I reckon, which is uh, nutrition. So teaching them about the importance of uh, what to eat, what not to eat all the time, and um, just uh, making sure that they're uh, conscious of what they're eating. And then the last one is recovery. So sleeping well, making sure that they're drinking their waters throughout the day, and uh, something called foam rolling. So just basically massaging the muscles so they're getting ready for uh, whatever sports or movements they're getting into. So that's, um, yeah, we've been doing that since... Uh, 2013 and uh, the name basically comes uh, from a Bible passage uh, Proverbs uh, chapter 27 verse 17 so as iron sharpens iron so a friend sharpens a friend and so it's just about us as adults and coaches just giving our knowledge back to the younger generation so that they can uh, make better choices for themselves Ooh, yeah. nice nice Man, that's awesome <laughs> and where did the um like where did the sort of seeds of Iron Up start? Where did the vision sort of first take place? And what was the journey like getting to that point where you're like, oh, cool, this is what we're going to do and then making that leap of faith? Yeah, yeah. So it was uh, me and my uso, my brother-in-law, uh, Henry Godine. So he looks after Iron Up Sports in Australia. So if you're listening to this, my little brother. <laughs> um, we um, loved fitness. So that's that's how we all started, really. So... Soon as I graduated from um, from AUT, I got given a job in um, Australia. So I moved over to Australia uh, basically straight away, and um, we just wanted to keep fit and healthy. And uh, from there, a few of our mates they started joining in, uh, cousins, families. They all started jumping into our fitness program, and so from there we just thought, oh, why don't we just make it a business? And so we sat down one time thinking about what will we call it. 
Um, and then from there, that's uh, where we uh, just came up with the name Iron Up. Uh, Iron Up uh, Fitness is how it first started. So uh, from there, um, we just started working with uh, with adults. And within uh, about a year and a half, we were able to get uh, about 10 paying clients. <laughs> And so for us, that was a big milestone, you know, from, yeah, we've we've made it in life. We've got 10 new clients. But um, yeah, after a while, they started uh, dropping off. So people started getting too busy. Uh, Sports season began. So now they've got to look after their kids and they came, became first priority. And so I moved back to New Zealand uh, with Iron Up Fitness. So I thought I'll give it one more crack uh, to uh, see if I can still work with adults and, uh, from there, um, Henry. So Henry started uh, looking for uh, who can teach my kid how to sprint properly, who can teach my kid um, what kind of uh, conditioning or running drills they should be doing. And so he approached different coaches, and every coach that came back to him was said, oh, your kid's too young. We can't work with him. Uh, wait until he gets a little bit older, or if he makes rep grades, we'll start looking after him. And so... Um, he ended up uh, looking up different methods of how to train his own kid. And so that's when I jumped in and I said, oh, oops, uh, there's this awesome ass course we can do together. And uh, that's when we, um, we started studying on the course and just using our own kids as, um, as the proof. And so they started seeing a good proof from our nephews. And uh, from there, that's when we transitioned from Iron Up Fitness into Iron Up Sports. And so that for ever since then, that would have been 2014, end of 2014. Um, that's when we started uh, making the transition into uh, into youth development. And then from ever since then, he started the one in Sydney. I came back in New Zealand and I started up um, the, the kids in New Zealand. And my first location was uh, Mangili. So we came down to uh, Norana Ave in Mangili. And that's where I got my first uh, five kids to train with. And then from there, it just grew ever since. Yeah, man. And, and, and I love what you said. It's not your ordinary kind of fitness program or sports coaching and, and, and so forth. And I love that because you, and I've seen it firsthand that the different mechanics in terms of sprinting and changing direction and so forth. And also you said, I think the biggest part for our, our Pacific and Māori um, folks or men is the nutrition. And so, yeah. so, so can, you, can, you, can you explain in terms of the mechanics around all that, the, the professionalism and, and so forth? Because in Australia, I'm, hear, I'm hearing that it's, it's, it's booming, it's going, get, um, going off in Australia, but, but also even more so now here in New Zealand, mm. there's, there's, a, there's a, a massive following uh, with Iron Up. But can you explain some of the mechanics and how, the, you know, how it all works with our, our athletes? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. So um, when we first started, um, we were able to team up with a, a well-known sprinter, our sprinting coach, and he's looked after a lot of the NRL, um, Aussie rules, um, even sprinters that are in the Olympics for Australia, and his name's uh, Roger Fabry. And so um, we spent a lot of time just working with him, just the mechanics of how everything, uh, how the body works, how um, how they should be striking the ground, where their arms should be looking, or what they should be looking like, um, different postures for different phases of sprinting, and it was pretty intense, but um, we even had to jump in and do it ourselves. So it was a practical session there to make sure that we were teaching the right thing because he was putting his name on Iron Up Sports. And so, yeah, so from there we were able to um, practice with the kids. And so after a while we started getting the, the, the gist of how sprinting works. 
And then same thing with our course. It was um, an American course called Exos Performance Program. And it uh, teaches the importance of plyometrics, so jumping and landing. If you can master jumping and landing and you can um, apply force into the ground from the plyometrics, then that's when change of direction becomes your stepping skills become stronger. Um, you're able to um, avoid injury. So a lot of ACL injuries, uh, uh, ankle injuries come from because people don't know how to uh, work their body correctly. And so just applying all of those skills and everything like that, um, after a while it just becomes, I guess, automatic for us, like a, like a skill. The more you practice it, the better you got at it. And so we became more comfortable teaching it. Yeah, mean, man. Different. Yeah, I was going to say it's such a specialized form of knowledge. Um, but I guess understanding sort of the science behind it really helps you pick apart where you can make the most effective changes. Yeah. I'm curious about the, um, the kids that come through the program. You know, there's always that sort of um, that debate between talent and hard work. Like the students that come through, are a lot of them naturally talented at this to begin with? Or are you sort of they're coming in and you, you're refining a lot and it, it's mainly hard work or what's the sort of ratio? Yeah. Um, so you get a mixed bag at Iron Up Sports. So uh, you got kids that are coming in talented and they just need that little bit of um, uh, technique, I guess, just to refine their skills. And then you get kids that uh, never played sports before, they've never ran before, uh, kids that are overweight as well. So they're, uh, they're just looking for a place. They don't want to play sports, but they just still want to be active. And so we... Um, I guess it's uh, probably 50% come in talented already, just ready to um, just refine their skills. And then the other 50 is uh, just kids just wanting to, um, well, their parents wanting the kids <laughs> just to get better or just stay active. So, it's, yeah, I'll say it's a 50-50. And that's awesome. You touched on something there about um, um, parents. Like I imagine the whānau support, the, the role of family in supporting their child, uh, children through the program is super important. Yeah. Um, are you able to elaborate some more on, on the role of parents in whānau and, and being able to support their, their children? Yeah, nah, for us, um, we, we try to involve the, uh, the family in, in what we're doing with their kids at Iron Up. So, uh, for example, we have a pre-season program and we have a booklet that we give out to all our kids. And um, in the booklet, especially with kids, 20, 25 pages plus, uh, we encourage the parents just to sit down with them and go step by step with everything that we write in there. And then um, basically there's homework in there for the kids and the parents to do together. So the first part is the goal setting. And so we try to involve the parents and the families in, 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 um, in that part as well. Um, there's a nutrition side, so uh, the parents cooking as a family and eat, um, eating healthier meals together just to support their end goal for the preseason program. So um, anything that we can do to involve parents and families, we, we try um, explain it as easy as possible so that they can just, instead of it's too complicated, then they're just going to just chuck the book out of the way. So in the booklet, we try to make it as easy as possible just so the whole family can do it together. Because uh, without their support, Basically, the kids, they'll probably just drift off and not do anything after that, yeah. Hey, Vincent, because I, I know, because like I said before, it's, it's not your ordinary sports program. You just come in and you just kind of train and you just kind of you know, have some games and all that kind of stuff. Because, I, yeah. cause, because I've seen it firsthand and I see the, uh, it is proof is, is in the pudding and I've seen it um, for myself. Um, but I'm just wondering, because what's the, what's the oldest age group that you work with? Yeah, so our oldest age group is our development crew. Uh, we've got um, 
basically they start from the age of 13 all the way up to 18 years old. So that's where we stop um, the, the athletes from coming through. Um, yeah, so that's our that's our oldest group. So they're the, a lot of the kids that are coming through. Uh, they're the ones who are wanting to uh, make rep grades or get contracts with uh, Bulldogs or Knights or whoever it is, if that's their sport. So they're just trying to get that extra 1% over the other kids so that they get noticed. So that's that's quite a few of the kids that come through in that age bracket. Wow. And, and the reason why I asked that question, Valentina, is because obviously you're working with the physical aspect of these um, young athletes. But I'm just wondering as well, more so in terms of mentally, do you get some, can you recognise some of the signs and some of, some of the... Uh, some of the pressures that some of our young men or young athletes are are facing? or Yeah, so especially with um, our rugby league kids, um, just that pressure of, oh, my friends just made it. They just got a contract for the uh, Development Warriors. Um, I still need to try to get there. And so you see that they, um, they tend to overdo it when it comes to training. So they get a little bit obsessed with trying to get to that, that mark of getting into the development. And so us as coaches is just to sit them down or just at the end of the session, just talk back with them, see how everything's going, uh, recenter them, just say, remember, it's a little, got to focus on balance, school and also work at the same time. And at the same time, just when, during the daytime or whatever it is, if they need help or they need to talk to somebody, don't be uh, afraid to reach out to us. Mm. And so um, real good one is uh, one of our coaches, Phil. So he's... Um, he looks after a lot of our Mangele athletes because the kids that are in that age bracket at the moment, he's looked after them since they were 19 years old. So he's seen them grow up through the scenes and it's uh, pretty cool now. We've got about six of them that have uh, made it into the Warriors development all in the same age group. And so they've all come from different locations of Iron Up. But because they've uh, been with us for so long, they're able to uh, message each other just to see how everything's going what's your training regime like? Oh yeah, let's do it all together. And um, they're just supporting each other. And then us as coaches, because now that they're training five, six times a week, they can't come over to our trainings anymore. But they always, we always tell them, you can always come back to us if you ever need to talk or is there something that we need to, if we need to refine anything, we'll help you out. So we still try to keep that contact with them. That's good, man. That's mm. good. Man, That's good. their wraparound support's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, in terms of the mental and, and hashing out, you know, the family support and things like that. Yeah. The values that underpin Iron Up, um, you mentioned sort of the scripture uh, about where the name comes from, but those, the, the values that sort of underpin the program, uh, are those values that you sort of grew up with in terms of providing that extra support? Because I, I, just from the description, it seems like you offer a little bit extra, it's not just about the training itself is not just about the performance, but there's all these other contexts that that you're sort of operating in. So I'm just curious about where the values came from. Mm. So I grew up in um, the Catholic system, I'd say. So from a young age, I uh, went to Avondale Primary, then, oh, sorry, uh, St. Mary's Primary, then to Holy Cross out West Auckland, and then ended up in uh, Liston College. And so um, our family was a very... Um, religious family I'd say so had a uh, grandma living with us so local 6pm every night in the in, in the bedroom everyone had to come in uh, Sunday churchy, uh, churches and uh, just the parents just always just uh, everything you do just say thank God for everything that you're doing so for us it was just we brought up we were brought up like that and always being kind make sure that you're looking after everyone around you no matter what and so by the time I grew up, that was just an automatic thing for me. So I always wanted to uh, 
give more, give more than receive. So if you need anything, I was always going to be there for you. And so that's the, I guess, the virtues that I try keep even in my business, even if I'm not um, training you at a certain hour and that's it. I still, even after hours, I'm always going to be there. So that that's that's what I always try to give back. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm, man. Sorry, because I keep on going back to the to the mindset because mm. I know I know a lot of the the, the big massive part of of INAP is, is the physical aspect, but in terms of f- for yourself uh, as, as a man, and I know as a Pacific man as well. Um, so there must be days where you know physically you're there, but sometimes mentally um, it can be quite quite daunting and can be quite frustrating at times. Um, but I'm just wondering, how, how mm. do you deal with some of that that stress? Um, but, and also, how how do you how do some of these athletes, or the, is there any practical ways that you are able to help some of these athletes and 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 for other men out there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, it's um, fitness is my thing. So um, when I'm feeling stressed, or if I'm not in the right mindset, it's always going to be a some kind of a grueling hardcore session <laughs> just to get the sweat out and just get events out a little bit uh, or it could just be something as simple as just going for a walk so just making sure that when I'm active um, yeah I feel positive so days where I'm when I'm not active and I'm not and I'm not exercising then uh, for me it's uh, I feel like I haven't started my day right and so for me exercising is just one of the ways that I vent out and just to just to feel better about myself um, but also um just uh, just hanging out with the family as well. So whenever I feel like work's getting a bit too much, just I know I can always come back to it. So just go take the kids out somewhere, go have some fun, or just uh, just stay at home and just um, just have to uh, be happy and just do some things with them. Yeah. Wow. So that's that's two of my main things that I like to do when I'm when I'm feeling a bit stressed. Because I can imagine, because I know with lockdown, and obviously iron up as a, as a business. Yeah, and and you know a lot of the sports was kind of like you know, there's no no children's sports and practically everywhere in the, in the nation. How did how did you navigate through all of that in the lockdown and and business wise and then having no kids or no programs? Yeah, yeah. So um, during lockdown, we because we weren't training any kids, we actually the business stopped altogether. Um, but because it was my passion, uh, I told the kids even though it's not a paid session, everyone jump in on Zoom every single day at this certain time, I'm going to take you through a training session. So that's what I did um, just to keep myself busy too. So Monday to Friday, it kept myself accountable to make sure that I was there for the kids. And that happened throughout the first lockdown. Everything was for free for any other, uh, any, even if you're an iron up athlete, just jump in on the session and just have a good body weight session with me. Or if you wanted a technical session, it was on these certain days, just go out into the fields and all you needed was a camera and follow what I do. So, um, yeah, the, it was hard for us financially, but um, I guess when it's your passion and you know you want, you still want to be there for the kids no matter what, I, that's what kept me going through the lockdown was just uh, continuing to train the kids and just, just see the enjoyment they were getting out of it. Yeah. So that's, yeah, but definitely, um, yeah, COVID was hard. As, as soon as we came out, everyone was happy to be back all together again, I guess, to mix and mingle face-to-face instead of just always being on social media and everything like that. So that's what I did to cope during the lockdown. That's cool, man. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's cool. <laughs> that's cool. Nice one. Man, that's awesome. Um, what's it called? Have you, 
Like, are there, I'm sure there's always in the back of your mind the fears that uh, we go into another lockdown. But have you sort of been able to pull some of the, like, some of that experience into anticipating how things might operate or sort of ways to work around yeah. another lockdown? Yeah, so um, pretty cool with those sessions. I, I, I recorded them. And so even though they were free sessions, uh, in my head I knew if it was to ever happen again, then I could uh, transition into selling this as an online uh, subscription program. So that's so I've kept every video that I've done. Um, if anything ever happens again, um, all these videos are ready to roll. It's a progression where they can do it week by week. And um, it'll just be something nice and cheap weekly, and at least I'm getting some kind of finance out of it at the same time. So... Um, yeah, so the, if there was anything to happen again, then our program will go online. And the cool thing about that, I guess, is it's not limited to just Auckland. Anyone that has access to the videos, they'll be able to uh, pay a weekly subscription for it. That's so that's cool. that's the backup plan. That's nice, <laughs> nice, man. Yeah. Speaking like a real businessman, man. Entrepreneur, man, yeah. Oh. Oh. My man. Hey, also, I don't know. I was, I was thinking about this question also. Has there ever been a time when you've, you've, you, you and your coaches have got together and you're training these kids and you're like, and you just, you, there's this, you know, just randomly you think, man, I don't know if I can train this kid, man. Or just, I don't know. I don't, I'm just running out there. So it's been like, <laughs> sorry, man. Sorry, I'm sorry, parents. I just, you know, I don't know if, um, yeah. Has there ever been a, a, a time like that or a case that where you're just like, oh, no, man, this yeah. is just. Nah, so, um, at Iron Up, there's a, there's, there's a culture. So the culture is you either um, work hard with us or if you don't, you're going to stick out like a sore thumb and you're going to leave by yourself. So we've never, ever had to actually tell anyone to leave. But you have known when um, you're at Iron Up, like everyone's, they're, they're all hit no matter how hard the sessions are. You're going to work hard with us and we're going to support you all the way through. So um, there has been times where there are hard kids that are, well, difficult to train. But instead of me telling them to leave, they end up just fading away because it's not the right culture for them. So because we come from a, I guess it's a high performance athletic background, uh, the kids that we normally attract at Iron Up are normally the kids that, or the parents and the kids that are wanting to get somewhere or get something out of the program. But nice. um, yeah, so we've in the past we've had a few kids like that, but uh, I guess patience is a virtue. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> you know, true. for me, I'm just gonna keep on coming at you. Come on, let's do this. You, I'll give you a second to rest onto the side when you're ready. Come back in, type thing. But um, eventually, those types of kids they just fade away. Yeah. So. Wow. Patience is a big thing in uh, yeah. youth youth development. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true. <laughs> Man, I've um, I've spoken to school principals. So I'm, I'm I'm studying to be a teacher, um, and I often I ask the principals, "What's the what's the hardest part of the job?" And yeah. um, you, you kind of expect them to say the kids, but oftentimes the most common answer is it's the parents. <laughs> so I wonder, you know, with the parents always sometimes they're pushing kids to, you know, live the dreams they never got to do. Um, have you ever had situations sort of dealing with parents that are sort of pushing their kids too hard? And how do you recognize that and then sort of deal with some of those issues? Because it can be quite a sensitive thing yeah. to talk about. Um, so at our program, we kind of separate the parents so if you're going to be watching, you're watching from the sidelines. You can't come in and say to your kid, you got to run faster, whatever it is. Uh, we we separate, separate them so that they're, they're far away from, from any outside noise or anything like that. So um, fortunately for us, we haven't had any parents that are like that. Uh, we try to set the culture straight from the beginning. 
they're here to come. They've got a goal. It's not your goal, but uh, we'll help you guys together to make sure you get to that place. So uh, to date, we haven't had any difficult parents, fortunately, which is a uh, it's a blessing, I guess. <laughs> mm, mm. <laughs> but if we were to get something like that, then we'll just go straight to the kid. Is this what you want? If it's you that you want it, then you know you're going to get it. And you can see that through the way that they're working and the things that do, they do outside of our training. Um, if it's more of the parents thing, then you're going to see it same thing again. They're going to be dragging their feet at training. You know that they're not going to want to be there. And so that's when we'll step in, if we have to, to uh, talk to the parents and just uh, be straight with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Man, that's that's cool, um, Valentino. Hey, Valentino, because you know, I think in the past there's been other athletes, or more so Pacific and, and Maori athletes, who have um, have kind of felt the pressure, uh, the pressure of of performing and being the the, the professional athlete. And you've and we've heard some sad stories in the past, or even I don't know, even present, mm. of athletes, you know, taking their own lives uh, because of the pressure. Um, so I'm just wondering how. How, how do you do? You, do you, is this somewhere that you kind of, kind of not not warn the kids, but kind of pre, or kind of strengthen them mentally, and also with the physical aspect? And so, yeah, yeah. What, what do you guys? Is, is there anything that you guys do to prepare our, our kids or these young young athletes? Yeah. So we always tell them um, at Iron Up, it's be a good person first, and if you're a good person, the good sportsman uh, or the athlete will come out automatically. Uh, so we always tell them this is gonna. You always should have a backup plan, and so that's why we say be good at school. Make sure you're doing, um, make sure you're doing your work, so that when you want to, if you end up falling um, from that dream that you want, at least the the virtues of hard work, dedication, um, always keeping a positive mindset. Uh, those virtues can be, um, or that energy can be focused on another another avenue if they want to. And that's one thing that we keep on. So we have team talks at the end of the session, good five minutes, and it's just reiterating everything every single session. And so we believe um, the more we say it to them, the more they start believing, oh, yeah, you know, the the dream of being an NRL star, it's a high chance that I might not make it, but if I don't, then at least I know the same hard work ethic that I put into my my training, I can put towards a different passion. And so, yeah, so that's one thing Every at the end of every session. We just always have a good team talk, keep everything positive, and we just hope that over time, if they don't make it to that big dream that they're wanting, we hope that eventually um, they'll they'll put that energy to something else good. Mm, yeah. Cool. yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. I was just going to ask about the um, sort of over time. Have you noticed sort of trends? And I guess... While we're talking about kids, and you obviously you won't go into specifics, but I think this is also applicable to men um, today. But have you noticed sort of trends with um, sort of the development of the area in Mangere, um, perhaps things like social media, the influence of social media, and um, all that sort of stuff? Like, there's a lot of distractions these days, um, whether it's fast food, um, technology, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I'm curious about trends you've picked up over time with the kids. Um. Yeah, uh, for me, seeing the kids, um, especially the teenagers, so that the whole uh, TikTok scene. Mm. <laughs> so you see a lot of them are starting to do a lot of, uh, they're into the whole trends of whatever's happening on there. And so um, a lot of it that I see at, uh, especially with our, with our older teenagers and everything like that is that, uh, what's the, what would you call it? Um, 
drill rap oh, yeah, oh, yeah, the gangster drill rap, yeah, yeah. American yeah. type theme coming through at training and so uh, we try to stamp it out straight away you'll come in sometimes and they want to have a spa one on one and they say oh we're just we're just warming up blah 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 and so uh, sometimes it ends up being some kids uh, having oh, a little yeah, bit yeah. of a scuffle but we yeah. have to just remind them hey this is not what we teach you guys over here so uh I guess the social media and all of that, um, I think um, other teenagers making it look cool. And so they're, they're starting to follow that same scene, thinking it's going to be something that they are when they're not. Um, and so I think that's probably um, the one thing that I have seen is um, just the influence of uh, all of those uh, genres. Uh, I guess getting to some people's heads when they're not really that type of person. So... Um, yeah, we try to bring them back to square one and say, "Hey, this is this is what you re- like. This is what you've told me. What you really want to focus on. Don't let these uh, distractions um, basically cancel out your dream because one day you might make a mistake and then that's you." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's that's I guess one thing that I I do see um, in terms of social media, anyways. Yeah. And that's cool. Yeah, man. You kind of touched on the importance of, and I guess sometimes we all need a bit of a pep talk to return to square one. Sometimes there's a lot of value in returning to square one. And so I'm curious about the challenges of juggling, um, you know, your your journey uh, with Iron Up, but also with managing your expectations as as a father and a husband and, and just the family life. Like, does that get tricky sometimes? And how do you make sure you're, how do you set your priorities straight so you're doing both of them justice? Yeah. Um yeah, it's for we've been in business since 2012, 13 now. Uh, it's still probably haven't really balanced it out yet. So there'll be times where time just goes by during the day where I could be on the computer for a good five, six hours before I have to stand up and go do the trainings out on the fields. And then by the time I come back home again, the kids are sleeping. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's what I see a lot. Well, I've been doing for the past couple of years. Um, I guess it's probably the past six months now where I've started to realise the kids are growing up too quick now. Um, just not long ago, they were just little babies and now they're already at school playing sports and I'm not spending the same energy that I do with the Iron Up athletes with my own kids. So it wasn't until I saw that um, I started making it a priority. So um, I used to be a six-day yeah, six week trainer, so training the kids six days a week. Um, I've learnt to... Um, let go of my responsibilities and let my coaches trust my coaches to jump into the areas and do it themselves. And so I've dedicated two days a week now where I, where I get to spend time with the, with the family and uh, actually take my kids through their own training, how I train the kids at Iron Up too. So it's, um, yeah, in business, I guess you don't have fixed hours. Um, I jumped into business thinking I'll be having five days off a week <laughs> living the dream but now I'm doing more than I was when I was doing uh, my, my previous jobs but because it's my passion I love it so I just got to make sure that um, at least those two days I try stop doing any type of work and just spend time with the family just so I can balance it out and just be present for them yeah that's good that's, good. that's so good also it is, it is a kind of like a juggling act there, um, Valentino. Yeah. Kind of finding the balance the, and just spending, being able to spend time with your, your wife and um, and the boys. But I'm also, hey, because what are you, a rugby man or, or league? League. So I grew up playing uh, rugby union, rugby union. And um, 
wasn't until INUP started where I started actually learning about league a little bit more and into debt for everything. Because uh, 90% of the kids that were coming through were leaguey boys. <laughs> but lucky for me, I had uh, my trainers that were uh, in the league scene and everything. So they were able to look after anything uh, rugby league program that we that we hosted. But yeah, definitely uh, I'm a union man. Union man. <laughs> and it's and cool. Yeah, union. But um, because I, I, I wanted to ask you because I know if you, with the, the training and so forth and you said a lot of the times with our players and and you probably heard the stereotype before you know a lot of you know, even with the warriors you know you know keeping the faith and the, you know that they're saying it's it's going to be our year this year it's going to yeah. be our year this every year we say that but uh, there's always been a bit of a, a kind of like banter but also a bit of jokingly saying that, oh it's just it's just the way these pacific islanders are it's just the culture and the warriors the culture of these these men it's just the mental fortitude is is not very strong but you know physically Blessed, man, yeah. strong, athletes, fast, uh, all these natural abilities. But then, then sometimes I always hear it, sometimes people say, oh, it's just um, just the way they are, it's just mentally, they're not not mentally tough. It's, it's, what are your thoughts on that? Because I wanted, want you to give us your thoughts in terms of, is it true or not true in terms of our, our men, our Pacific men, our players out there? Um, uh, for my, um, my point of view, I, I believe it's whoever... Uh, you're coached under and so they're the one that they, they set the standards for how the players that they coach should be and um, I'm a big believer that if you're not coached by someone that you don't want to be that will show in the way that uh, you perform uh, whereas if you're in a culture where you you like what your coach is doing uh, they're looking after you uh, there's a good team bond and everyone's the same thing again um, I, I, I'm a big believer that it's it's all under who you coach. So you have, for example, uh, I guess any Pacific Islander that's under the All Blacks. So they're an 80-minute player, and I guess it's because of the culture and the standards that they've been given by whoever their coaching and management staff is. And so if you can bring that same mentality to um, another, I guess, club... I won't name the club. What's the name? What's the name? I won't name the club then. I guess when you said it from the top, it trickles down to all the players at the same time. Um, yeah, the Pacific Islanders, they're, they're big, they're strong, they're talented, they're fit. Um, so they've got the skills uh, physically. And I guess the mental side comes from uh, just whoever is uh, coaching them and, and mentoring them. So if you can have the right coach or mentor, um, They'll just like any Polynesian. If if you have their back, they'll make sure they got your back right to the end. Nice, yeah. nice. Good one. Now, well said. And a lot of that, I can see how that that it sort of translates to life advice in terms of finding the right mentors and and people to help guide you. Um, are you able to elaborate on perhaps some of the other mentors that you've had in your life um, that have helped guided you on this path to where you're at now? Yeah, um, probably my my biggest ones, parents. Um, they they weren't uh, I guess dream killers um, I, I was fortunate enough to grow up um, in, a, in a family where they encouraged you to uh, try different things um, learn how to make your own money so I was able to start working from a very young age and that's where I got to uh, appreciate money even if you're only getting paid $10 for 6 hours a week <laughs> uh, type thing so that uh, my parents were a big one um, they were they always encourage just to follow whatever you do uh, or whatever you want to achieve. But if you're going to go for it, make sure you do get it. And so um, my parents are a big one. Um, 
mentors, uh, grandma, grandma, keeping the safe, uh, keeping the faith. Whatever you do, you always do your kakalo, say thank you and everything like that. So she was one of my big mentors in life. Um, and uh, I guess my older brother. So keeping me on the straight path. <laughs> so growing up, always having a big brother. If, if I was starting to become one of those mamika kids, then get the ball in the head, then, yeah, you know what you need to do, back on the straight path again. So uh, having an older brother just to keep me on that straight path. And, um, yeah, over time, I uh, just uh, got into the whole audibles or just read. Uh, not I wasn't much of a reader, but I felt, uh, stumbled across something called Audible where you got to listen to books. And so... Mm. Um, I guess that's where the uh, the business mindset really started coming into fruition. It was just uh, just uh, listening to all the Grant Cardones. Um, who else would be your? Everyone knows the Gary V's. <laughs> um, yeah, and all those Bedros Koolians. So listening to all those guys and just getting um, just um, kind of like these podcasts, just uh, finding the gems and then just applying it to your lifestyle. Cool man, yeah. Man, do you um just thinking about some of those names that you brought up? They're really inspirational, great men, um, with some awesome, awesome stuff on mentality. Do you notice like, is it quite a shock sometimes when you think about um sort of the state of our men today in New Zealand um, versus some of those gems that you've picked up, and is the gap quite big in terms of where we're at versus where we could be? Um, uh, yeah, hundred percent. Um. I guess when I was growing up, I wouldn't think even myself, the same person from 12 years ago, be where I'm at. Um, I always thought I'll just be the guy that would just work my 40-hour week, be happy with whatever I get given, and um, and that's that's me. And then just uh, just live that life for the rest of my life. But um, I guess it wasn't um, because I wasn't aware with there was actually things like that that you can do to, uh, I guess, self-study and just learn little gems and it wasn't until um one of my cousins introduced me to it and so that's that's when i was like oh there's such a thing called um audibles where people give out free information on how to uh, start things and everything like that so i guess it's um yeah just not having the resources um that's what uh i'd say was is probably one of the biggest things or just having the knowledge that there is resources out there that can help you um so if there was say me 15 years ago uh, or longer than that in school where they say advisors coming in to help you to uh, to navigate where you want to go in life I think I would have been a been there quicker than what I am right now yeah so <laughs> I guess it's um, yeah just having those resources and knowing and that they are that they are available so I guess that's um, one of what I think is one of the big things that um, they can get someone like me that was 12 15 years ago to that point where those guys are. Hopefully one day I can be a little bit step closer to where they are at the moment. Yeah. So so regardless of if it wasn't iron up, you would have still pursued something in business, um, Valentino? Yeah, yeah. So I, I think it's um, third form. I started economics class and I heard a fancy word, entrepreneur. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, what's this thing? So when um, they explained what an entrepreneur was, that's kind of, I was like, oh, you know, oh, that's that's something that stuck to my mind when I now that I'm doing business. Like, maybe that's where I first started getting a little bit interested about business. So, um, I guess yeah, from there, and then I reckon from what I know now, uh, I would always start up something different as a business. Yeah. Yeah. 
because like what is it? not the end game but i'm just wondering what's the the, the main goal for you if, if you've kind of already gone past that kind of not threshold but you're kind of thinking oh this is what i want in the next few years so what's what's the main goal f- for now for iron up yep so uh for us in the next five years is to have our hq uh now that um we're established in eight different locations uh we want um Mangili to because that's where we first started iron up is uh, to have a, a high performance uh, facility so at the moment that's what we're working towards is to uh get our own warehouse deck it out have everything inside there kind of like a mechanics a one-stop shop for athletes and they can come in and do everything that they need to so that's that's the next stage of uh of iron up at um, the moment hello model level so are you guys the only what I'm, I'm just assuming you guys are the only kind of high performance uh, athlete program or are you guys the first pacific um from what i know i think the only one that uh there is at the moment is the aut millennium in the north shore uh but same thing again uh, they more focus on uh rep 15 plus age group uh, other than that i think um we're the first ones in new zealand that i know of that's uh, started off started a program uh like that we're doing at the moment and to this day uh still don't know any other any other programs that are like this at the moment yeah nice nice Man, how does um i'm curious about how um like um word gets out is it just sort of word of mouth or is, are there sort of plans to work with schools and stuff or yeah, yeah. uh so we don't do any advertising uh, i guess the only two main sources is uh facebook so we do a lot of Facebook advertisement just in terms of uh, just posting up what we're doing at the different locations and uh, uh, word of mouth, word of mouth. So once kids are getting uh, what they're achieving in, in their own sports and everything like that, parents are posting it up on their page and be like, oh, my son or my daughter did it. And so they're like, oh, how have they changed so much? And so that's when they go, oh, we get referred or they get referred to us. And I guess that's that's one of our big ones is uh, just word of mouth, really. Um, we've tried the avenue for schools, but um, I guess we're a competitor to uh, the sporting organisations of New Zealand, and so we don't really uh, get the chance to go in and, and do what we do. But if yeah, unless a school pays for them themselves, then that's that's when we go and do private sessions with them. Ah, yeah. Awesome. Hey, what are some of the struggles also? Because I would like to kind of kind of dive deeper in terms of. Obviously, lockdown. Lockdown was, was was one of the kind of major one. But what are some of the, the struggles that you've kind of faced in this kind of environment, in the sporting environment or sporting arena? What are some of the things that you personally kind of have to like kind of go through and kind of kind of really kind of go through in terms of finding light at the end of the tunnel? Is, or was, was there anything, yeah. anything like that? Um, so one, one of the other things that we are wanting to do is uh, provide a free program. And, and that's for all kids, so inactive kids, um, kids that come from um, financial difficulty, families and everything like that, and, and give the same program that we give to paying clients um, and make a new program. And so we've applied uh, through grants and everything like that to try, uh, we've, we've given them the idea, this is what this is what we want to do. Um, and so uh, that's probably the biggest thing right now is just... Um, getting into schools, um, just get, get, getting declined by, uh, yeah, like I said, the, the local boards and everything like that, saying that um, our 
our program is too high performance for, for the areas that it should be in, which we believe it should be in. It's, uh, I've invited them to come have a look that it's, it's not just that. You'll see the kids, they're having fun, but they're learning at the same time, but they, they always decline to come and uh, have a look. Yeah, so um, I think right now that's the goal is to try to sit down with them and see how can we get into into that uh, that next phase, which is to open it up to schools for free. Um, but uh, at the moment, it's uh, it's a one-way conversation. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's one of the big things for us. And then uh, probably um, yeah, just field ad- um, field allocations for us. So we're probably second or third priority on the list when it comes to getting fields. And so I guess um, that's one of the big things is just trying to make a relationship with the council just to say, you know, we're, we're still giving kids uh, training just like any other club or any other sport. And all we need is just a little bit of space to uh, just train the kids. And so that's, it's a, yeah, it's an ongoing battle just to make sure that we do get field space. Yeah. So I guess that's why the HQ was uh is the, is the next big thing for us is so that we don't have to answer to anybody. Anyone can come to us anytime and we can train the kids whenever. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. You're sort of painting a, a pretty pretty realistic picture in terms of the, the realities of of having a business and, you know, having to negotiate and have, form relationships and all this sort of stuff. I'm curious about um, advice you'd give to other men who are, sort of have this passion, um, but they want to transform it into something that they can live off. Um, if you had any sort of some real real sort of feedback on, and inspiration yeah. on that. Um, if it's your dream, go and get it, as cliche as it sounds. Um, it's not going to be easy. Uh, before, when I came to New Zealand, I still had to work two different jobs and then make sure that I finish by a certain time so I can run off to the fields and set up the fields and make sure everything's going. Um, if it's really your passion and that's what you think that you can um, you can live off and that's going to be your lifestyle that you want to live, um, just make sure that you're ready to work hard for it. And um, I guess uh, don't talk it, but also walk it. So for myself, for example, as a coach, um, if I'm going to teach a kid how to do a sprint, I better be able to do the same actions that I'm trying to teach them at the same time so that they can visually see it. And just live the lifestyle as well. So make sure I'm staying healthy. Uh, make sure that I'm training on a regular. And um, yeah, so if that if that's really is the industry that you want to get into, it's it's definitely a, a niche market. And if you're gonna if you want to be the best at it, you're gonna basically live live by it. And just make sure that you're working at it every single day. So that's that would be one of my advices. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. So, how important for you is, is ownership? The ownership of Iron Up, what's, how does it make you feel in terms of um, being one of the, I don't know, you were saying, Pacifica, and you might be the only person in terms of, only group that's doing um, professional athletes. How, how important is that for you? Yeah, uh, for me it's uh, very important, but also very proud. Um, there's not many uh, strength and conditioning coaches that are out there that are Pacifica or, um, or Māori, so... Um, just to be able to be in that industry and work with um, athletes that are coming up and majority of them, especially in the rugby and rugby league scenes, uh, um, industry, or um, in those sports, uh, basically Pacifica that are coming through as well. So being able to uh, train those guys and they can see that you're in the industry to make them a better person. Um, uh, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm someone that wants to, or I have to, because I want to live by 
by the what I what I teach everybody. So uh, yeah, just being able to uh, be in that industry and knowing that um, I'm one of the many few that are able to do that, uh, it's a, it's a proud thing to to a well, label to have. Yeah. Yeah. No, spot on, man. Spot on. Who's and is there a flip side to that where sometimes sort of operating in that space, you know, being able to represent. There's also the flip side where sometimes there's pressures and responsibilities and, you know, not every day, sometimes you, there's just days where you don't want to be the face of, of, you know, this specific thing. So uh, I wonder, you know, on the flip side of that, how, how is that sort of journey? Um, I guess uh, business-wise, it's more of a, uh, a financial thing. So um, example would be talented kid coming through, um, or quite a few that are coming through, but because they financially can't pay for your service and your time, um, for me it's uh, because I'm uh, I'm always giving, and like even though I won't get paid for it, I won't be able, like it's or as I guess it's a more of a bigger thing. If I keep doing that and giving it out for free, then I won't be able to pay for my family and my kids to eat and travel to school and everything like that. Um, it's more to do with just the financial side of, of all these talented athletes that are coming, but um, I still want to make sure that they don't have to pay for it because I want to make sure that they can get to that next stage. Um, so if, if it's a barrier financially, um, yeah, my, my, my heart's too kind to, to turn them away and say, oh, sorry. So I guess it's just financially just being able to, uh, um, I guess I can't say no to those situations, but um Everything else that that I come through, uh, I guess it's a, it's it's more positive than negatives. Yeah, cool. It's cool. Yeah, it's cool. So, and, yeah, I totally understand what you're, what you're talking about. You know, because you want to give, you want to give to your your people and, and those who are who are less fortunate, and sometimes out of your out of your own pocket. Eh? Um, yeah, but there's a fine line of hey. I gotta pay my own bills. I gotta feed my own family as well. And so, where where does that where does that line cross? Like you like, hey, there's a fine line there. Come on, man. It has to be kind of. Um, for me, it, it comes down to uh, the effort at training. Um, if they're not giving me 100% like I am to them, and they're getting everything for free, like I'm not gonna say to them, oh, go away now, but we'll have a talk and be like, you know, I've done this so that to make sure that you can still stay wherever you are at this current at this current moment. Um, that's for me is when you're not giving the same 100% effort that I would back to you. But um, yeah, financially wise, I'll just keep on saying, come on through. <laughs> Which is a, it's a bad trait for me. Was, uh, well, bad trait to a certain point, I guess. Yeah. Uh, not being able to say no. So um, yeah, it's a yeah. strength and a weakness for me. Oh, that's cool. Well, at least you're honest also, because it, yeah. it's, it's, it is hard. And I think it is hard, especially for yeah for our people in uh, Pacific and Maori, is, in, in terms of always giving, like you're saying. But it's a gift then to receive. But also, there's a you. Um, uh, the hope is that you no know, people don't, don't don't abuse that. You know, don't abuse the head. Yeah. You can afford it, but oh no, no, no. come on, you, you know, you know what I'm talking. About. Hey, hey, yeah. hey, oops, yeah, man. But hey, come on, because it is a business, and I think um, our people need to know. Hey, come on, you need to pay for the services because you, you know, you're giving some. You know, your services is not cheap, and so please, if they can, um, you know, is there like a bit of a plug-in, um, um, Valentina, in terms of those. Um, folks out there who might abuse your your your, your kindness. Uh, 
just tell um, him, hey, just tell him, hey, just pay them. <laughs> if, you, if you don't hear from me anymore, <laughs> I guess that's that's when the fine line has been cut. Yeah, no, fair enough. <laughs> it's funny because it's such a common, like, I think a lot of Pacific people, uh, sort of, especially if they've grown up in the church where they're used to serving and, and giving back, um, it seems to be a common theme, especially when they're trying to cross over into business, um, having to draw that that line and sometimes it's uncomfortable to do so yeah 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 that's i, I guess you've you've hit the uh, nail on the head i guess it's it's one of those things where um yeah for me i just i find it hard to say no as much as if it's an inconvenience in my head i'm always saying it, it will come around in the future uh, yeah it will come around in the future and um, i'll get my i'll get my dues later on so um yeah, just like a lot of Polynesians, you just say yes to everything and just and you just do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is a positive spin to it. No, that's cool. Right? Like, you know, sometimes we say, "Oh, yeah, no, no, cool, come on, free it." And yeah, we sometimes we can move with the back. We complain, "Oh, yeah, yeah." In our minds, like, "Come on, man, what's, what's, what's this?" Yeah. And so, but um, but yeah, they, I think there's they, like Kay was saying, this is, it, is, it can be quite awkward, uncomfortable to have those conversations. But I think those conversations should be. You know, I think as men as well, I think we need to be able to kind of have that. Hey, come on, bro, or come on, sis. There's, there's a, there's a, you know, something's got to give as well. So, no, yeah. no, good on yous. And oh. I was, I was gonna say that, like, I imagine, just with the pressures of juggling everything, um, your wife must play uh, in a sort of pivotal role in all of this. And there must be times where you've had to open up, um, and have uncomfortable conversations about where you're at and the reality of where you're at, um, despite all the pressure to perform and to show up and all this sort of stuff, stay positive for the family. Um, but I, I imagine you must have had some really tough conversations at, at certain periods of your life in the journey. Yeah, yeah. No, she's uh, always um, supported me throughout from the beginning, even up to now. Um, she's the, uh, I guess, admin slash accounts receivable. So she's the one that deals with the finance side. So I don't have to have those awkward conversations if I have to at training. Uh, but yeah, from the beginning, um, she's always even uh, always supported me even through the bad times. So um, when we first came to NZ, um, I, I was working with adults still, so it was still uh, doing personal training with adults. And uh, we had a facility in, um, in Ranui, so I bought out a warehouse and said, no, nah, babe, I've got this. It's gonna go off. Everything's gonna be good, and uh, so we. She believed in me. She's okay as long as you're working hard on it. Do everything that you must do to make sure it stays afloat. And uh, I guess within a year, I crashed it down, and we were in debt by about fifty k. <laughs> but in saying that, she, I still believed that there was something that was gonna come out of it real good, and so uh, we worked hard to pay all of that back off and respun the whole iron up sports and that's when we i was like this is this is what i believe is gonna um shoot for us and same thing again she didn't shoot down the idea and say no nah, go look for a full-time job now uh she said okay so let's go do this instead this time with my input <laughs> and so i she helped me build it up to uh what it is now so um, throughout the bad times financially as well when i thought i, I could make it work uh, she's she stuck right through to the end and so now, yeah, now everything's more in a better place. Man. Yeah. Bro, that's just, uh, no, I just want to say, nah, thank you. So, because I think people, I think we were talking about earlier on with, with um, Brad. And so Brad was like, hey, people see the end, end product. You know, they say, oh man, iron up. Nah, well, yeah. awesome. It's just booming. And it's, 
you know, you got your HQ and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, I'm speaking life in there, yeah, so you never know. And so, um, and so people see the end product, but they don't see the the, the toil, or the hard work, um, the the struggle behind it. And so, what, what you know, just for other men out there who are thinking of aspiring to do be business owners and entrepreneurs and all that, you know, what, what do you say to to the, those of us who who want to do this or business, but you know, we're just looking at the end product, but there's there's hard work that's involved. Yeah. What, 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 what some advice could you give to, to us? Yeah, if, uh, if I got to redo it again, uh, my main thing would be to uh, do my research, um, especially when it comes to taxes, GST, all of that good stuff. Make sure that you know uh, what you're charging includes all of that. Um, second thing for me will be um, just making sure you know who you're targeting. Um, so... For example, for me, it was all adults. I didn't care who it was. And I guess because I made it so general, um, it wasn't reaching out to, well, people didn't, um, I guess, feel like, oh, that's that's for me. So because I was just saying, anyone, everyone come through, you can do it. Uh, so make sure that you know who you want to target and who you want to look after. And, and the third thing is... Um, passion if it's your passion uh, make sure that you just stick to it right through to the end and don't give up mm, yes hello hello i can i can just imagine and i'm sort of curious about your your insight on it but how necessary do you think failure is to reach success so you've mentioned sort of that experience with um the warehouse out west in ranui and sort of coming through that do you think you'd be where you, you were you are today without those those struggles and the failure um or do you think that's necessary to be able to get to, to where you need to be yeah if, if you're not struggling throughout the process you're never going to know what it's really like once you get to that point um all the failures that i've had it's it's only um not only made me stronger but now i know okay cool not going to do that not going to go through that path again um failure is very important and that's what we tell the kids at training too is it's failure is part of the process you may not make the rep grade in under 10s or 11s or whatever it is. Um, you've got two choices from there. You can give up now and go look for something else to do. Or you can persevere, train hard, uh, know where your strengths and weaknesses were, and then come on the other side of it. So it's um, for me, struggle and failure is very big. Uh, without it, then uh, I believe that Iron Up wouldn't be where it is at the moment. Yeah, mm. that's awesome. Can you can you like kind of figure out from the get go when you get some of these young young kids coming in? Can you kind of like pinpoint like oh this kid has it? What what are some of the attributes that you know when you get an athlete like like man they just have something they haven't they have the X factor? What what is it? What are, what are some of those those signs that besides hard work, obviously the obvious ones, but what is what what is what are, what does it take when you see it? What is what is the, the evidence that you see? Yeah. Um Kids who are engaged at the training. So um, for me, one thing that I've picked up throughout the years is uh, when I'm explaining something and demonstrating, uh, the kids that are mimicking me. So if I'm showing a different action of my arms, the ones that are fully engaged are the ones that are doing the same motions that I am while they're there because well, from what I can see, that they're the ones that are really wanting to better themselves. Um, so I think one of the biggest things is the kids that are fully engaged and following through while I'm demonstrating and doing the same thing as me, um, that's one of the biggest things throughout the years. Those kids are the ones that have still stayed with us to this point, and they're the ones that are starting to make those rep grades. Like, 
what they wanted to a couple of years ago. Um, and the normally it's the the kids that are quiet but hardworking. Look, as cliche it is, the the one that's the quiet one but working hard. Uh, when they first start with us, as they get older, they become more confident, and then they end up becoming. Uh, we call it our student leaders and inside within our group. And so those are the those quiet, hardworking ones in the beginning. I find that they end up becoming the leaders within within our groups as well. So uh, showing that traits of um, just yeah, never giving up and hardworking. I can see that they're they're the ones that are that are coming out on top at at the moment with our programs. Man, man, yes, man. And I'm just seeing. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, a lot of parallels in terms of the attitude that kids bring to the program, but also um, also matching being keys for success at school or even education, you know, beyond beyond school. Um, so it's, is everything you've achieved now, was that part of your vision once you decided to move away from adults and towards um, training the children? Like, was this all part of the plan from the get-go for you, or have you had to pick up things as you go? Uh, nah, just learning as I was going along. Um, so our pillars probably didn't come into place until probably second year running, um, and then just learning little things uh, here and there, like how to um, individually train kids in terms of their running condition, uh, their conditioning runs and everything like that. So as long as the years, um, I just kept on picking up different skills. Um, so for me, it's uh, every year I always want to introduce, introduce something new and improve the program so that uh, for what? Well, number one is we stay on top of, if there's any competitors, we stay on top of the, the industry. Um, but also... Uh, I get bored real quick. <laughs> so if I'm not improving and educating myself, um, I kind of get at a standstill and I end up, well, sometimes I'll, I'll try, oh, what's, what's, what's the new business that I want to start opening up and everything like that. So uh, for me, it's, yeah, just always education and in the industry uh, and just always introducing something new to the kids so that they're staying on top of, um, on top of their sport as well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. That's so cool. Hey, you, you mentioned there's another business, other business ventures. You know, I'm just thinking in your wildest imagination, like obviously you've got Iron Up, but is there something in the pipelines besides Iron Up that you can envision yourself doing? Yeah, so the, well, we've been looking at, well, thinking, I've been thinking and started to uh, do the research. So that's one of the big things before I get into anything. Um, and it's uh, apparel. So for me, it's uh, to have a, a youth sports apparel line uh, for kids uh, for kids from the ages of five all the way up to 18 years old. So that's that's one thing that I want to start aligning. So at the moment we still make um, we still make uniform and apparel for the kids, uh, but we want to basically, um, I guess, cut the middleman and just and do things ourselves. So that way we can uh, we can get what we want right straight away and, and start bringing it through for the kids yeah. so yeah sports uh sports apparel for the youth is nice, what we're looking at nice next one awesome. nice one yeah it's funny how um passions can give birth to other passions so um i'm curious about you know you mentioned coaches in the team what sort of you know and, and you've mentioned some of the important attributes they have as a coach and mentor for yourself but what are some of the challenges of sort of recruiting the right people with the right values and people who can adapt to, to 
to the way you operate. And what are sort of some of those challenges like for you? Um, yeah, so over the years we've had a few coaches that have come and tried um, to do what we're doing. Uh, the main thing that is for us is uh, being able to relate to the kids. So uh, because probably nine, 85 to 90% are Pacifica kids, uh, being able to relate to Pacifica kids and what they're going through, uh, what their challenges are and being able to let uh, make them overcome it. So one of our big things is if you can relate to the kid, then that's we can teach you the skills after that. Um, we've had people that are qualified head over heels but uh, can't relate to kids. And so they end up making it look like a boot camp more than anything. And so we had to tie those ends real, <laughs> really fast. Uh, so one of the main things is, yeah, just relating to uh, to, to our athletes um, and I guess, um, well, every F or every coach that comes through has to be qualified. So that's that's one of our edges that that we have um, is you have to be a qualified uh, personal trainer, cert three and four, and that just shows us that uh, you're willing to put in the work uh, to understand how the body moves, and that we're not giving you just a a, a cowboy and, and the kid ends up getting uh, ends up getting uh, injured or anything like that. So uh, just proving to us, even if you don't have uh, your qualifications, that you're willing to go through the process in order to uh, to uh, come and work with us. And um, yeah, and just uh, being positive and just having that uh, growth mindset. So whatever I give to you, um, if it's a new type of training, being able to be like, oh yeah, I, I'll, I'll take that on instead of being like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm stuck with my ways. You're going to, I'm going to teach the kids how I want to. So just having that growth mindset of being able to um, just accept uh critical or criticism or just positive feedback or anything whatever it is yeah yeah man hey also hey listen so thank you so much also for your time because i know just just a wealth of experience um already you know especially your young age as well you you you're 33 um yeah 33 you're still still very young in in terms of um in terms of business but um you're doing you're making some waves also and um just like even in the midst of adversity yeah during lockdown you're making some waves, you're still progressing, you're still um, working you, and you're putting in the hard yards. And so also thank you so much for your insights. Uh, just no, really, really insightful tonight. Also, Jay, you, you want to add anything? Yeah, no, I just wanted to thank you for your time. And it's uh, it sort of opened my mind up to um, other avenues. You know, when I think of sports and things, everyone seems to have one track mindset on what that um, entails. Mm. Um, so really interesting to see a different perspective, but also just the demographic you're working with. Um, I'm working with primary age children, so I see a lot of value in what you do. I think it's amazing, um, the mahi and the vision behind it. And, um, you know, the world's a, a complicated place and it's only going to get harder for our kids. So I think programs like yours that don't just focus on the physical but offer this, this wraparound service, I, I think is amazing. And there's so many life lessons I think you can pull from everything you've shared. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to thank you for your time and the experiences. It's been awesome. No, yeah. thank you guys. Um, I'm not much to uh, talk in public like this. So uh, for me, one of the one of my well, goals is to if someone asks me to come and do something, is to be open and just uh, come and try it. So as uh, get out of your comfort zone is one of the things that I, I try pursue. So thank you guys for uh, allowing me to uh, get outside of my comfort zone tonight. Oh, hey, <laughs> nah, anytime. So I just, I love the fact that your, your positive outlook, I love the fact that you, you are here. And like you said, I think your message is like, hey, I'm not really much of a public speaker, but also, hey man, 
bro, it's um, I think just the wealth of knowledge you have and, and the experience that you have in, in this space. So all the best for your your um, your business at Iron Up, also the apparel as well. So thank you for the shirts that you're going to give us after. after <laughs> <laughs> it's coming, it's, it's coming. 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 Every guest that comes on, we always give them a, a sketch or a caricature of, of themselves. And so also um, on behalf of the Mandate team, this is for you, my friend. Oh, Faftay Lava. Whoa. <laughs> Man, awesome, awesome. So I've got to gotta get my body looking like that soon. <laughs> <laughs> now, thank you guys heaps again. Nah, all good. Thank but, yous. But is, it, oh, is there anyone that you can think of that would be ideal to come on on the podcast? Um, do you know? Ooh. Someone who's got a, you know, could share some inspiration or encouraging words for our men out there. Yeah, uh, 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 one probably one guy that I can think of on the top of my head. His name's uh, Jan Zabowski. So he used to uh, run uh, something called Zealous CrossFit uh, back in the day. Uh, so he's I've watched his journey and everything like that, and. Uh, just hearing his stories, it's it's very interesting. So that that would be one of the guys that that I'd recommend. Oh man, yeah. awesome, awesome. Any last words? We we'll give you the last words. Also, hey, just any words of encouragement for our our men. Um, yeah, anything or anything that you put your mind to, just uh, be be obsessed. Uh, one thing I, I think I said I heard from Grant Cardone is uh, be obsessed or be average. So uh, when you think you do in life, just be obsessed with it and go hard. Nothing yeah. mediocre. Nah, awesome, also. Uh, man, man. So please, guys, please like and subscribe. Um, also, we look forward to your your well thought out comments. And so, as usual, our mantra: Jay, refine, unlock, and take, take charge. charge. Mandate.